Welcome to Red Maryland's Election Focus, a podcast focusing on the 2018 Maryland state and local elections, with interviews with candidates, leading political consultants, and political newsmakers. Here's your host, Greg Klein. Hello and welcome to an all-new installment of Red Maryland's Election Focus. I'm your host, Greg Klein. Tonight, three new candidate interviews for you. Uh, After the break, we'll hear from Josh Barlow, who is running for the Maryland House of Delegates. We'll also hear from Lisa Lloyd, who is running for Congress from Maryland's 6th Congressional District. And we'll also hear from Alex Bush, who is running for the Republican State Central Committee of Montgomery County. Really fascinating interviews from a wide variety of candidates geographically and and at different levels and different offices. So you want to check that out. This is Red Maryland's Election Focus. You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. You are listening to Maryland's most respected conservative voice, Red Maryland. Welcome back. We're joined now by Alexander Bush, who is running for the Central Committee, the Republican State Central Committee for Montgomery County. Alex, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you being interested in these uh, these little uh, races. Uh, they usually don't get very much attention. Well, you know, one of the things, and, and I, you and I talked offline a little bit about this, and, and we've said this on the show before, one of the things that we get asked most about at Red Maryland from our readers and from our listeners is, I don't know who these candidates are, who's running in my area. There's very little information that's put out. And that's all the way down the ballot, certainly when you get to central committees, which are very, very important, as we'll, as I'll get your opinions on that here in a second. Uh, it's very important to know who's running for central committee and what they're about as Republican voters. A lot of, a lot of our listeners, of course, are registered Republicans. Uh, we want to get them that information. So I appreciate you spending some time with talking with us. I know that you're currently on the uh, Montgomery County Central Committee, have been for a few months. Tell us a little bit about why you've decided to serve on the Central Committee and why you've decided to run to return to the uh, Republican State Central Committee of Montgomery County. Well, uh, I, in 2014, I worked on uh, two campaigns. I worked on uh, Eric Knowles' Senate campaign in 30 and Robin Grammer's uh, delegate campaign in 6, where we flipped the entire district. And I was actually looking into seeing if there were any local campaigns I might join, be a volunteer on. And in uh, Legislative District 18, where I'm in, which is Silver Spring to Kensington, there were, and it didn't appear that there were going to be any Republican candidates. So uh, I, I was thinking, you know, do I join a statewide campaign? What do I do? And then I thought, well, maybe the problem is that we don't have local candidates. What can I do to help you know, build up the local party? So this is the first time I've ever been involved in the party organization itself, not just working on a campaign. But it seemed like in Montgomery County, that's where the, the work needs to be done. Well, let's talk about that. What, is, what, what do you think is the role of the Central Committee, and how do you see the Central Committee building the party and helping elect Republicans to office? Well, I think, one, we need to make sure we have uh, a presence. People are, are aware there's such a thing as Montgomery County Republicans. I think we might have, uh, unless someone is planning on showing up to, just to vote for Hogan, I, I imagine there are lots of people who 
don't really it doesn't even cross their minds that there are local Republican candidates where they where they live in Montgomery County. So I think that's making sure there's at least one Republican, you know, running in every election. So, you know, we're not faced with someone voting and they don't even see a Republican to vote for. I think that can be encourage, you know, voter apathy. And also, I think a big part of the Central Committee is, is you know, finding people who are interested in making sure they we find work for them, frankly. I remember when I first approached um, some members of the Central Committee at the convention we had last year, spring last year, I introduced myself, gave some people my card, and said, you know, I'm an attorney, I'm willing to help out, find me some work to do, and I didn't hear back from anyone. And then I actually put my name in to be to fill a vacant seat in, in July, and then since then I've had loads of work, but I thought that was probably an issue we might have been having is that we just weren't by getting volunteers and getting them to work. And, you know, if someone has time that they, they want to spend doing something socially or politically and you don't fulfill their request and give them something to do, they're probably just going to go find something else to do, join some other club, start doing yoga or something, and then their time's going to be full. Whenever someone comes to you, you need to find them work right away. Well, let's talk about that because I think a lot of what you're saying really, really uh, makes some good points. Let's start with candidate recruitment as you point out it's important to have candidates in every race so that you know people may be coming out for the top of the ticket but it's important that they see that there are republicans uh to vote for all the way down the line um I, what are your views on how you can get uh good folks to run especially in a place like montgomery county where it's very very tough for republicans well we're i think we're doing a good job making um contacts within um, the Asian community in Montgomery County that's uh, they're very well represented on the Central Committee and uh, finding a lot of people you know people with you know business experience lots of uh, community social uh, contacts who were were working on to to run I think that's that's one way uh, I think also important for the Central Committee is just to show that you know you're organized and you're serious and if someone runs you'll be there to help them and it's not you're not just asking them to put their name out and then there's no support it's it's people knowing that we have a system in place to help them yeah absolutely um, let's talk about you talked about building organization when people are willing to offer to help uh, and going out and finding people who are willing to help out making sure they have something to do what do you think some of those priorities ought to be? Obviously, you want to try to do everything. You want to support candidates. Uh, you want voter registration. You want to, you know, uh, build the party in a lot of ways and, and get out the vote efforts. Where do you think, especially in an election year, those resources ought to be emphasized? Well, what I'm doing is I'm focusing. I got I was uh, asked to be the organization's chair, so that ties into a lot of this stuff with volunteers. I'm trying to make sure... Uh, we put the technology ha we have to the best use. And I think, um, you know, we have an app for, for door knocking, which I think is going to be really helpful because it's going to uh, direct people to doors to knock on and easy walk lists. And my goal is to try and train people on the technology. And I have, you know, we have a lot of older volunteers who aren't, um, you know, particularly familiar with like, using apps and that kind of thing. So it's just training people and to give them the tools they need and then that the tool itself will tell them you know please go knock on these doors you know a reminder hey you haven't done any door knocking in five days that kind of thing so i think 
uh, we have a system in place that we just need to get people funneled into it and trained, and then they'll they'll take off. Oh, fantastic! Let me um, let me ask you a tough question here. Obviously, in Montgomery County, n- there are no elected Republican officials. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, where do you see? You, you are correct. Okay, so so we've got nowhere to go but up. So. Um, where do you see some opportunities in this year's election in Montgomery County to get some Republicans elected to office? Well, I, I think the, the critical thing is the fact that we, we won the, the term limits vote. So we're getting a, a bunch of uh, people on our uh, in the county council kicked off, and we, that gives us some opening. And I think it's not just the fact that there are, there are openings where there's uh, no no sitting councilman. It's it's the fact that quite a few people who were independents and Democrats voted for term limits. Now, some of them just may just want a different Democrat, but I think it makes it easier in the next election to convince someone to vote for at least one Republican, because it's already people who've said, you know, we want change, this system stagnant. Uh, I think that gives us a really unique opportunity. Fantastic, and that was a, that was a great victory in the county. Hopefully, that can, you know, translate into some some broader electoral victories. Uh, let me ask you again um, for folks who maybe aren't familiar with central committees. We talk about them all the time. I think a lot of the folks who listen to this are maybe more familiar. They're obviously the the ground zero. They're the official organizing body of of the Maryland Republican Party. But these are really folks on the ground. All of you are volunteers. I think that's important to emphasize. Even if you're even if you're elected or hold an elected office, um, you, you're all volunteers trying to build a party and 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 get folks elected on the Republican side. How important is um, getting good, smart, energized, hardworking people? elected to the Central Committee, in your opinion, and, and ultimately making the, the Republican Party successful and getting more Republicans elected to office? Well, I think it's it's useful in sort of organizing people. I, I think if someone is, you know, active and has a lot of useful skills, they don't need to be on the Central Committee to do a lot of useful work. Uh, the, the interesting thing about Montgomery County Central Committee is the elections for Central Committee, surprisingly enough, are not at all competitive. Um, we have one of the largest delegations in the state, so we just have so many slots that I think uh, in 2014 there was only one district where we had more people running than there were seats. Where it is very competitive, I think, is the internal um, elections. And I, I think one of one of my goals is to make sure that no internal uh, elections lead people to, so to speak, you know, take their marbles and go home. My goal is if, if I identify someone as someone who's who's smart and hardworking and has a real asset, regardless of elections, I want them to stay and continue volunteering. And, and that's exactly what I will do if, for whatever reason. I don't win my same seat in, in 2018. I'm still going to be here volunteering and, and doing as much as they'll let me do. Well, for folks who want to get involved, who want to, who want to get plugged into what the Central Committee is doing, maybe find out more about your campaign, where can they get more information? Well, you can go to the Montgomery County GOP website. There's a lot of good information there. And 
uh, I'd say if you go to the um, MCGOP committees page, it gives you the rundown of the, the, the different committees we have. So that might be uh, a place to start where you know, we have a, community, a communications uh, committee. We have an outreach committee. If there's something that seems like you'd be interested in, there's the person's email right there. You email them, tell them you know, what legislative district you're in, what kind of skills you have, how much time you have to volunteer, and I'm sure they'll find work for you. And do you have any events coming up you want to let people know about? Oh, let's see. Well, right now we're doing a lot of um, candidate trainings pretty much every Saturday. So if anyone um, wants to consider running, they should uh, contact Dwight Patel, who is our uh, vice chair. And off the top of my head, I don't actually remember what his email address is. Well, we'll put, um, a, we'll, we'll put a link up with the show notes today and, and make sure people get that. But um, uh, to be perfectly honest, I've been in trial for the last week, so I am not entirely up on what our upcoming events are. I know we have our uh, convention on February 3rd, so there's going to be some technology training. We're going to have some speakers, though I don't know if we've nailed down who yet. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully if you can, maybe you can link to our events page on the website, that might help. We will definitely do that. Alex Bush? Uh, who is a member of and is running for election to the Republican State Central Committee of Montgomery County. Thanks for taking some time and joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Welcome back. We're joined now by Joshua Barlow, who is running for the Maryland House of Delegates from the 7th District. Josh, thanks for joining us. Well, I appreciate you having me. Uh, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you've decided to run for the Maryland House of Delegates. Okay, well, uh, I'm an educator. Um, I've worked both in the public and private sector, which I think gives me valuable insight. I'm not just one or the other. I had my own small business for a while here in, in District 7. I grew up in District 7. I uh, grew up in Kingsville, went to Perry Hall High School, and um, lived in, in Middle River and now in Moncton as well as um, Bel Air. So I've lived all over the district. I think I know um, I've got my hands and, and my heart in the district. And um, I'm a conservative, born and bred and, and educated. I, I put myself through college doing concrete, and I got a B.A. in political science doing that. Okay, well, let's let's um, talk about running for political office. Have you ever run for political office before? I have not. This is my first time, and it's a grassroots campaign. Um, I have worked for other campaigns before, such as Ehrlich and, and uh, Sowerbury, as well as Wayne Normans. So what made you decide to run in this coming election cycle? Well, there was an open seat with Pat McDonough running for um, – County Executive for Baltimore County, and I know Pat, and um, I think there needs to be another conservative voice to step up where there will be a void. Uh, there's a few other people running, but I think I, I provide a lot of um, well-balanced conservative views that might be able to bridge gaps down in Annapolis, because that seems to be the problem. We can have conservative views all day long, but if you can't get them passed, if you can't find a way to bridge gaps, then it's, it's all for naught. Well, the legislature is convening today to start their 90-day session. Let me ask you, where is it, uh, what are some of the areas where you feel that the legislature is really out of touch with the folks in the 7th District? 
Well, um, I think um, education is, is one that I can bring a lot of light to. I, I am an educator, um, and I'm, I'm an associate professor at Harvard Community College. Um, I've been teaching now for a, a National Guard program, and I teach at-risk youth from all over Maryland. I know the deficiencies that are happening in Baltimore City Schools. I know this, the, the, the problems that are happening in, in the counties. And um, I, I have new, fresh ideas that not the same old stuff. I, 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 I propose giving incentive to teachers that do well. In other words, put a little capitalism in socialism and, and help it work. And I think if you, if you give a good teacher more pay than a bad teacher, then your results will be better. Well, one issue that, that certainly is going to come to the fore uh, this, this session, as it always does, is the budget. Uh, there's there's a new tax relief bill and tax simplification that came out of Washington that's going to have an effect on Maryland taxpayers. I'm curious to get your thoughts on uh, the state budget and, and taxes. Well, the state budget, I believe, can be better spent. Being a Maryland state employee, I can see where there's deficiencies and see where, where we're, we're spending too much money and wasting money. If we, if we start there, um, we, we can help out with all tax situations in Maryland. Um, when, when Ehrlich was governor, he had a surplus, and he didn't spend it. Um, that's, that's how you, you, can, you can be fiscally responsible. Uh, as far as the, the new tax and how it affects Marylanders, um, that's still being shaken down and how it works out, but it's also going to uh, depend on how the economy is doing. So if, if we're, if we're going to have a tax, um, a tax evaluation, we need to have it to be ongoing. That's the way I see it. Another big issue I know the governor is emphasizing and certainly will be an issue going into this fall's campaign is going to be crime, particularly in Baltimore City. The, the governor's proposed a number of, of changes to the, the criminal law, some truth in sentencing, some, some other sentencing changes. I'm curious uh, what your thoughts on those are and, and, and particularly uh, what kind of changes are necessary for folks in the 7th District. Uh, that's that's a really good item that I that I'm very much behind the, the punishment for for um, violent criminals. If, if we can't give our judges so much latitude when it comes to violent crime, it needs to be dealt with. We need district attorneys, states attorneys that are willing to go the extra mile to take care of our citizens. Our um, state is far too much um, soft on criminals and not enough on the victims. Um, I, I see it all over the place. I see it in Howard County. I see it in, um, in, in Harford, Baltimore counties where I, where I live and work. And it's, it's a crime that, that um, an American citizen isn't taken care of better by the district attorneys prosecuting violent criminals and taking care of people, getting them off the streets. Uh, that's, that seems to be a no-brainer. And why we can't come to a conclusion about... Uh, prosecutions doesn't make sense to me for the safety of our citizens and for the well-being and, and being a deterrent to crime. Well, let me ask you, the governor also came out yesterday, and I don't know if you had a chance to see this or, or give it some thought, uh, with some additional new proposals to improve government. He wants to, a term limit on members of the General Assembly to two terms. He also talked about having uh, General Assembly sessions not just uh, put out on audio on the Internet, but also by video. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I, I did read the, the, the headlines and that. I hadn't uh, delved deeper. I, my comment on that was online already that 
it's a great idea. I'm all, all for term limits nationally and locally in the state of Maryland. However, I do not think it's going to pass the General Assembly. It's a good talking point for him. Um, but what General Assembly members are going to vote to, to limit themselves? I think it's up to Maryland voters to pay attention and know what's going on and, and limit. Unfortunately, it's up to Marylanders to do that. But it is. It's within our power to vote and vote people in and keep fresh voices and fresh ideas and new things going on rather than staleness, people who are separated from, from reality, from their district, or from um, maybe cronyism or, or corruption. So I, I completely concur with Hogan's idea, but whether it's going to pass or not, we have to be realistic about it, and we have to be, be proactive about voting. Well, we talked about some of the issues that are, that are in the fore, in the news, and, and going on. I, I'm curious, as you go around to talk to folks in the 7th District, what are the big issues uh, you hear from them as you go out and meet the voters? Well, they, they, a lot of people are focused nationally, but you'd be surprised how, and, and your readers and, and your, your listeners are probably very well-versed, and that's what we need more of, more education, more, more people who are well-versed in what's going on uh, locally. Um, what I talk to people about mostly is, um, well, immigration is one, um, the, the Bay, and, you know, um, uh, outdoorsmen's rights, uh, fishermen's rights. Uh, Second Amendment rights. These are things that people talk about. They're not just national issues; they're local issues too. Um, but education seems to be one because that that seems to, it's one of my uh, uh, areas of expertise. Uh, those seem to be the issues that people talk to me about. Um, of course, um, you know, schools is is a local thing. Taxes is a local thing. So it's not just national; it's local here too. Well, on some of those issues we haven't talked about yet, Second Amendment, for instance, what are What's your view on that, and, and what are your constituents looking for in Annapolis in those regards? Um, people are concerned about their Second Amendment rights and having the ability to protect themselves. Uh, that's, that's all over the district, and it's just a common-sense issue to me. But uh, it's, I did my senior thesis in college on gun laws, so I'm well-versed in the Second Amendment, and, um, and I'm a proponent of Second Amendment rights. We have to be able to... to um, have the ability to protect ourselves in this day and age, especially. Well, as you mentioned, there's an there's an open seat in this district. I'm curious to get your thoughts on on the race and how it will play out. Obviously, this is going to be an important election year. Uh, the Democrats are looking to to knock out as many Republicans as they can. Republicans are looking to not only reelect the governor but to make gains in both houses of the General Assembly. I'm curious where you see the seventh district as part of that. Well, there's a lot of people vying for the 7th District, and there's some good people, um, and I'm glad to see that. Uh, I think it's a healthy thing. But it's also, it, the primary is essential, because if, if primary voters don't get out there and vote, then they have limited, limited view and limited voice about what happens in the general election. And, of course, we need good turnout in the general election this year, which may be a heavy, heavy Democrat turnout. So it's, it is very important that, that your viewers, your listeners, energize the people around them and get them there. As far as the seventh is concerned, um, I believe I'm in the top three of people that need to be elected. Um, I, I'm, I think that there are some people who are um, better than others. Let's put it that way. I, I do think it is a healthy field of people involved and running. And I've met some of them, and I, and I have uh, respect for some of them. Um, I just think that I have being, uh, having experience with the private sector as well as, as being a state employee, I have 
um, better insight and um, having put myself through college doing concrete, I think I've got uh, a good work ethic. I, I consider myself a blue and white collar conservative. And being a teacher, I guess I'm a well-read white and blue collar conservative. So I think that, that makes me uh, unique and I think I can bridge gaps with m- not only my personality, but my, um, my ability to, uh, to talk to people well and get a message, get a message across. Well, for folks who are interested in finding out more about your campaign and, and your views on the issues, how can they find more? Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm at BarlowFordelegate.com with the number four, BarlowFordelegate.com with the number four. And um, I'm on Facebook, too, and, and I, I have an email that they can find on those websites, BarlowFordelegate. Please feel free to contact me, talk to me, ask me questions. I'm available, and I always will be available, especially if I'm elected. Uh, do you have any events coming up or places where people can meet you in person? Uh, yeah. Um, I have um, January, I believe it's the 27th, I'm going to be at uh, Silver Spring Mining Company from 2 to 4. That's in Bel Air. Well, fantastic. Well, Joshua Barlow uh, running for the Maryland House of Delegates in the 7th District. Thanks for joining us. Well, I appreciate you and, and what you do and keep keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You were listening to Maryland's most respected conservative voice, Red Maryland. Welcome back. We're joined now by Lisa Lloyd, who is running for the United States House of Representatives from Maryland's 6th Congressional District. Ms. Lloyd, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. For uh, folks who who don't know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you've decided to run for Congress. Well, I am a full-time practitioner currently dividing my time between private practice, urgent care, and I volunteer at Health 2. The reason it got me interested in running was um, I think there's a lack of adherence to the Constitution, the lack of access, affordable and available access to health care for everyone, and I think there's a lack of um, adequate enforcement of our current laws, and that would be including something for voter ID. I am... 100% behind President Trump in making uh, America great again, kind of tired of him not getting the credit that he deserves, what he's done so far. And I'm encouraged about some of the changes that uh, I would be able to make in Congress. Um, have you ever been involved in politics before or run for office before? You know, um, about seven or eight years ago, I ran for the school board um, and did pretty well against an incumbent. And um, but that was that was a while ago. And I did lose to the Democratic incumbent, which here in Montgomery County is one of the biggest hurdles. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of those issues that that you mentioned. Um, You talked about President Trump not getting the credit he deserves. What are some of the accomplishments that he's made that you think people should be more aware of? Well, the first accomplishment is taking on pretty much everyone. It was pretty much him against everyone. So I guess starting with the election, that there were 17 people on the stage and he actually won. That was amazing. So, but after that, the, just the uh, ability to be out and about, he works like a dog. He, um, the accomplishments would be the tax, obviously the, the most recent tax package, um, the, the, um, alleviating a lot of the regulations. The uh, one thing that was spectacular to me, which is very rare in government, 
would be the giving back of the land. For example, the land in Utah that had been snatched up, he actually went out and gave it back to the state of Utah to entrust them to take care of their own land. I would like to see that kind of thing again. But all of these are um, things that we haven't seen. And the judge, obviously getting a conservative judge in record time, faster than any other president has ever done, gotten a uh, Supreme Court judge confirmed, and a very conservative one at that. So that was amazing. And that's just in the first year. Well, you talked about your background in uh, health care, and obviously health care yeah. is a major issue in Congress. What are some of the things that you'd like to see Congress do or the federal government do or not do when it comes to health care? Well, the one step that we had so far was really good, and that was waiving the, um, the individual mandate. That is, that is huge. Being in health care in all of the different areas, private practice, urgent care, um, health care for the uninsured, I've seen a lot of things that work and a lot of things that don't work. And it sounds nice to say Obamacare gives insurance to everyone, but that insurance, that piece of paper insurance card doesn't give them health care that insurance paper gives them a piece of paper. And I've seen in a clinic where the population was really high because they didn't have insurance, then they went to get insurance. So I actually noticed a decline in our patronage when Obamacare was first rolled out. Then after a couple of months, they steadily came back again and we were overcrowded once again because they could not afford the premiums or the copay. And that's for the lower, the underinsured or uninsured. At the same time, the I, I work in a lot of private practices, a couple of private practices, and a lot of people were having to switch doctors. So with that mess, it really wasn't giving people insurance. It was giving or giving people health care. It was giving people insurance. So what I want the government to do is to release a lot of the um, the um, regulations that are currently on. Um, new businesses, try to um, lift the requirements for new insurance companies that want to come up and start up. I want to open up the free market to providing health care. So, for example, the, a lot of the really expensive studies that need to be done to see if a new hospital needs to be put in place, a lot of times that gets too caught up with legal uh, red tape where if we just take an example of the urgent care centers that have been that have popped up all around. I don't know what area you're familiar with, but in Montgomery County and in Upper Maryland, there are urgent cares popping up everywhere. And people with insurance, without insurance, self-pay, anybody can go there and get excellent health care and not have to worry about making an appointment or waiting a month, waiting a week. And that is actual access to good health care that was provided by the private sector. If that same, in fact, a lot of the people who, who go to the VA or to TRICARE, which TRICARE is excellent health care, if and when you can get it. You have to go to a certain place. So I have a lot of TRICARE patients that come to me just out of convenience at the different private urgent cares. So as long as the government gets out of the way, it leaves other innovative um, creators of, in, of health care to develop their own systems, which really is access to good health care. 
Well, you talk, you you touched on a little bit. I want to ask you more. You mentioned you're in Montgomery County. <laughs> Obviously, the sixth district is this. Yeah. Is, very gerrymandered, includes much of Western Maryland and much of Montgomery County. I'm curious to get your it thoughts should. on the district, and uh, as as you've gone out and campaigned, what are some of the things you're hearing from voters that are concerns about what's happening in in Congress? Do you mean as far as the the structure of the district and the gerrymandering, gerrymandering, or the issues that are most important to them? Actually, I'd like to get your opinions on both, and I probably should have asked separate questions, but I'm interested in both. Yeah, the people in northern Maryland, northwestern Maryland, really do feel ripped off that it was that the um, district was redrawn to catch a little tail of Montgomery County that has a very high uh, percentage of Democrat voters, so that mostly the very solid Republicans are not really represented um, in this tiny little area down in Montgomery County um, is supposedly representing all of that and it's just not a good reflection and they do they feel ripped off so when i say that i am in the sixth district that is an important question to them i do live in the sixth district if it were to be redrawn i might not but i do right now and the beautiful thing is they are a heavily conservative area and i do represent a lot of the same things that they are in that they are um concerned about those types of things are for example the um, access to health care, the enforcement of our laws as far as immigration and other laws, and the adherence to the Constitution. So I do hear, and I hear a lot of pro-Trump voters in the, um, among my constituents. Well, you, you mentioned immigration a couple times. Obviously, that's an issue that's front and center in Washington right now. Obviously, it was a big impetus for the president's election. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on immigration issues and, and what you think Congress should be doing with regard to protecting our borders and enforcing our immigration laws. Well, I feel like Congress has what it needs. We have a constitution and we have excellent laws, and we have in the past been a very law-abiding nation. It really is what differentiates the United States from many other nations is that we have laws. Some people were saying, I'm surprised they come foreigners come and they come here and they're like, wow, you guys actually stand in line because in a lot of countries they don't stand in line. So it is amazing to a lot of people who are, who have immigrated here or who just come to visit that we are a law abiding nation. So when we do follow the laws that we have on our books already, that's when, when competition can thrive. So when those laws are not being enforced, we're not able to, when we ignore the laws, and let anything go, let anything go, it, it's what makes, it can like quickly make our country become similar to the countries from which those people are fleeing. The immigrants come here for a reason. So when we have law enforcement, um, it allows free market competition, and it actually makes the United States a safe and thriving environment. So if we continue right now with all the, you know, should we, should we enforce the laws? Should we let people who break the laws stay here? It's a really tough question, but if we continue to sidestep and ignore the laws, and our laws mean nothing except if for the political party that thinks that they should mean something, and we just keep throwing them around, if we continue to sidestep those laws, our country is not going to be such a desirable destiny. I suppose that would be one way to curb immigration, but that's not a good way to provide for the next generation of Americans. 
Well, let me change gears a little bit. Um, The the 6th District was represented by uh, John Delaney, who is not running for re-election. He's actually talking about running for president. Uh, It's an open seat. Congress is going to be very heavily contested, the House of Representatives particularly. Uh, And there are a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats uh, running on, on both sides in the primary. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the lay of the land as far as this race and how important you think uh, Maryland's 6th Congressional District is uh, to the national uh, makeup of Congress after the 2018 election? I think it's very important. I think that a balanced, I think the in the government we have, we have two basic parties, and I think the balance is really important. And Maryland has been missing a balance. It has been heavily Democratic, and it is starting to show. You see other cities and states, that are heavily Democratic without a lot of uh, Republican and conservative um, influence, and they're not going in the right direction. They are cities that people really are, you know, having a lot of difficulty with for crime and education and, um, and other things. So I think a balance is really important. And right now, the way that the um, districts have been drawn, there isn't a... There isn't a an opportunity for the people who live here to actually be represented in the way that that they actually that they actually represent. So there's a lot of conservatives, and there is not much conservative influence at all. I think it's really important for the future of the state of Maryland. A lot of people are getting fed up with the kind of uh, the sanctuary county, the sanctuary state, and uh, the increasing regulations and the government overreach and it's starting to creep in and people are starting to leave. And I was just seeing, and that happened in Virginia as well. And West Virginia only can hold so many people. We can't all escape to West Virginia. So I believe it's really important for us to have a balance between conservative and liberal views in the state government. Well, let me ask you, why do you think uh, this is obviously a competitive primary you're in? Why do you think you're the best candidate for Republicans to vote for in the coming primary election for the 6th Congressional District? I think mainly is I do not have a political ambition to be a career politician. I am not from politics. I am not in the government. I am not part of the swamp. I am just a concerned individual. And I really think that that's where our government should be comprised of are people who work for the government and for the people, not for them to serve the government, not for the people to serve the government. So I believe that I am just a regular person, a lot of insight on health care, a lot of insight in the education, having four kids. I've seen the education system. I've seen what works and what doesn't work with health care. I've seen what works and what doesn't work. And I'm just a problem solver. I'm not afraid to, to work hard, and, I'm, and I don't expect, if I were in Congress, I wouldn't expect people to work for me. I would expect to work and represent the people of Maryland. Well, for folks who are more interested in finding out about you and your campaign, where can they go to get more information? They can go to www.lloydforcongress.com, um, L-L-O-I-D, for the number four, congress.com. And do you have any events coming up or appearances where people can meet you in person? Not yet. I have some on the calendar out, but not one that's specifically for me. I'm going to other people's right now.
Well, very good. Lisa Lloyd running for Maryland's 6th Congressional District. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You were listening to Maryland's most respected conservative voice, Red Maryland. You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. I want to thank our guests again, Alex Bush, who is running for the Republican State Central Committee, Josh Barlow, who is running for the uh, Maryland House of Delegates in the 7th District, uh, and Lisa Lloyd, who is running for the United States House of Representatives from Maryland's 6th Congressional District. Thank you all for joining me. If you're a candidate or know someone who's a candidate, get in touch with us. We'd love to interview them for an upcoming installment of Red Maryland's Election Focus. You can email us, redmaryland at gmail.com. We are reaching out to everyone who is filing as a candidate, and we want to make sure that we get everybody. You know, the the reason we do this show is because the biggest feedback we get from our listeners of the Red Maryland Network is I, I don't know all of these people running for Congress who, or running for office. Uh, who's running in my, my area? Who are the people on the ballot? Uh, particularly in a Republican primary, it is, is really uh, interesting because there's so many candidates, so many offices uh, in so many different parts of the state. So we like to uh, give that information. And to that end, we hope that you are listening. will share this with your friends, Red Maryland's election focus. Uh, every Friday, we try to put up a new installment. This is the 15th, I'm sorry, the 14th installment that we've had in, in this election cycle. So we urge you to go back and listen to some of our previous interviews with a lot of different candidates from all around the state running for all different kinds of offices. Encourage uh, those folks you know who are running or considering running to uh, contact us at redmaryland at gmail.com and get uh, get on and let us interview them as well. We'll have links to all these candidates at redmaryland.com if you want to find out more information and get in touch with them. Uh, we certainly urge you to do that. And as we always say, look, you may not like uh, the candidate at the top of the ticket or running in your local area, but I guarantee you there's a candidate who really fits uh, what you're looking for in an elected official, and we urge you to find those candidates and get involved with them, even if they're not running perhaps where you live, uh, because even one person can help these candidates to make a huge difference in these races uh, at the local level, so we urge you to do that. Folks, we'd love to get your feedback as well. You can email us with that at redmaryland.gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash redmaryland, on Twitter, at redmaryland, or on all the social media, just search redmaryland. Of course, you can always leave your comments at the home base for all things redmaryland, redmaryland.com. While you're there, check out our support link, and you can find out all the ways you can support Red Maryland, help us do more Shows like this is an outreach to candidate and candidates and getting information out about the upcoming election. We also urge you to subscribe to our Red Maryland Network. We've got lots of great programming all through the week. Every Sunday night, Brian Griffiths hosts a show called uh, The Air Raid. I host a show called The Conservative Refuge. Thursday nights, our flagship show, Red Maryland Radio. And, of course, every Friday, we try to do an all-new Red Maryland election focus. You can subscribe to those by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the Google Play Store, the TuneIn Radio app. Anywhere you get podcasts, just search Red Maryland or The Red Maryland Network, and you can find and subscribe. It's absolutely free. We urge you to do that. Again, share that information with your friends on social media. That helps us as well. 
Folks, thanks for listening. Thanks again to our candidates who participated. Until next time, I'm Greg Klein saying hang in there. We will get there.